Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Lugo's Journey podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest with me, and I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Yeah, so my name is Darius Furu. I'm an author of uh, Think Straight and Do It Today, and uh, five other books as well. I've been uh, publishing on the internet since uh, 2015, and uh, I've published a little over 350 articles, uh, 110 podcasts, and uh, yeah, a few videos, but most of my stuff is. Uh, the articles that people know me from. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is you are like the productivity guru. You're like the guy who just knows everything about productivity and right. You run a successful blog. So I'd love to hear how you get that started up, you know, hear your story about everything, how you ended up getting everything started. Yeah, sure. So, um, when I started the blog in 2015, um, at the time, I also uh, had a corporate job, but I also had my own business. So I have a business that I run together with my family. Um, it's uh, we create, you know, software and automation for uh, the laundry industry, and it's not a very exciting industry. So I wasn't, you know, super pumped about that um, for you know most of the time that I worked there. Uh, I we still operate the business, and I'm I'm still co-owner, and uh, you know I still work on it just a little bit, but um, I was kind of searching for something that um, that satisfied my, you know, financial needs, but also, um, you know, personal and, and, and career-related needs um, so I could do some work that I actually enjoyed. So I always enjoyed writing, but I never had something to say before uh, I started writing. Um, and, you know, like I, I finished uh, grad school in uh, 2011 and uh, my degree is in uh, business administration from uh, the University of Groningen, which is here in the Netherlands, where, uh, where I live. Um, and, um, you know, there was a lot of stuff that I've, I was doing for, you know, basically four or five years until before I started my blog. So all of those things that I tried, um, helped me to kind of figure out something that I was good at, but something that was also useful for other people. So eventually I, you know, I tried a couple things uh, on the internet in terms of, um, I didn't actually try them. I looked at, you know, the, the standard stuff that you still see online, uh, drop shipping and affiliate marketing and all of the stuff that people talk about when they talk about making money online. And, and I was like, yeah. Did you learn job shipping or? No, no, not at all. It was like, because I looked at some of the options that were available just in general. But as soon as I looked at those things, I was like, yeah, this is not for me because I don't see this as a serious career because I have this background in, in business and I have a business degree. I understand, or, you know, I had this, um, education about running a business and also obviously we have um, our, for the past 10 years I've had my family business so I have a very under, different understanding of what it takes to run a business and I have a very long-term approach right so I thought to myself is this something that I see myself doing for the next 10 years and the answer was no so I was like immediately I uh, check I basically removed those type of options uh, from from my list. And eventually I came to the idea to get into the 
you know, teaching business, like online teaching, because, you know, that's what I love, learning um, and, and teaching it and showing it to others. And then I was like, okay, what am I good at? Writing. So I started with writing. And that's how I put everything together. And so that's when I started the blog in 2015. So when you started in 2015, were you already, did you, were you already very knowledgeable in productivity and essentially everything you've written your books about? Or did you kind of learn along the way? Yeah, man. So I was always interested in productivity. So I, I, seri- I got into it seriously uh, when I was writing my master's thesis in uh, 2010. And then... I started the family business on the, side, on the side as well. So I had a lot of stuff going on and I was like, I need to figure out how, how I can manage my time more effectively or how I can get more stuff done in the same amount of time. And that's when I started researching it and I always had this very scientific approach to you know, productivity and basically you know, personal development and just getting the most out of yourself. So I took it very seriously because I was like, you know, I also want to have some free time, you know? So the answer is that when I started my blog, I already had like, you know, five years of experience and and practice and research under my belt. So it wasn't like, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to start writing about a topic I don't know anything about. Right. Yeah. No, it's super interesting because, you know, productivity, especially for kids in college, right? Like right now I'm in college and I find that there's so much time in a day mm. and it's like, you know, how, how do you fill the time properly? It's like school could only take up if I wanted to take up 30 hours, take up 40 hours. And there's so much more to do. I was wondering, this is a question that, you know, you probably struggle with for a while. Is it possible to work for around a hundred hours a week, 80 hours a week? Or is there a point where productivity starts to decline and it sort of becomes a waste? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. And uh, I, by the way, we we haven't talked about this yet, but I think it's pretty cool that you you know you, you're doing this podcast while you're in college and you know like uh, you know doing this kind of stuff because most people who are in college they they don't think about these kind of things. Uh, certainly, I wasn't taking it that seriously like I was researching it for like basically almost when I got out of college right when I was finished last six months or so um, but it's a huge advantage right if you if you're focusing on this stuff early on it's just like investing the earlier that you start with investing in in the stock market or businesses uh, the more benefits you'll get long term so so that's that's awesome well, yeah, I just, you know, I think it's really important. One of the biggest productivity, I guess, hacks that you could ever think of is yeah. be productive, like do productive things. In college, yeah. you know, in school, yeah. we're known as people who are going to be productive in the future or going to, we're building up our skills to use in the future. But we mm. fail to realize as college students, or at least most of us, that mm. we have skills now that we could use, that we could use to grow. Yeah. And if we never decide to take action on them, like starting up a podcast, like writing mm-hmm. books, like doing these things, then maybe we're just going to end up, you know, having other people determine our skills by the time that we get into the job market. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we'll, we'll get to the 100 hours a week uh, in, in a minute. But uh, just to follow up on this, I also, because when you reached out to me the first time to do this uh, podcast, I was like, do you already have a podcast? And, and the first time you reached out, you didn't have one, right? Yeah. 
And I was like, all right, so just get started and, you know, do a couple ones or just, you know, make sure everything's all right. And then just reach out to me and we'll talk. And the reason I do that is because, you know, I get a lot of requests and most people are just not really serious. And most people just talk about it and they don't execute. So it doesn't necessarily mean, uh, or it's not really important uh, what your results are initially when you are starting a new career or when you're in college or when you're trying to make a, a career switch. It's about being active and trying a lot of different things. So I think that's, that's really great. And for everyone who's listening um, and who's thinking about, you know, making a change or, you know, thinking about their career after college, all of these things, it's, it's really good to be active just, just in general, even if you don't have a clue because a lot of people say, I don't know what to do. Um, and that's totally fine. That, that should never be a reason. I, I never understand why people use that as a reason to do nothing or just, you know, just like why they even bring it up. <laughs> because to me, that's non-existent, right? Like, mo- like here's what, what, what I didn't understand when I was in college and what most folks don't understand in college is that no one knows what they're doing in the world, right? <laughs> It was just trying to figure things out as they go, uh, and nobody has all the answers. So, um, you know, all these things are really important. But uh, just to answer your question, um, the, the 80, 80 hours or 100 hours, et cetera, um, there are certainly, you know, top performers who put in a lot of hours. You know, one of my favorite um, basketball players was Kobe Bryant, and he was famous for being the first in the gym and the last one to leave, right? So he put in uh, twice as many hours compared to all of his, uh, you know, teammates and other, other people in the league. Now, if you simply work more, it doesn't always translate into better results, right? Kobe Bryant obviously had, you know, amazing talent, and he was really good at practicing. So one thing to keep in mind is that um, more hours doesn't necessarily – uh, translate to better results. It can, if you, uh, it can be the case if you are doing the right things, like Kobe Bryant and Elon Musk, and you know, uh, you name it. All of these famous people, and and often in sports you see this a lot. Like Michael Phelps is another example of somebody who put in a lot of hours. Um, but for m- the majority of people, I think it's a matter of looking at your own strengths right? What kind of, uh, what's your ideal level of productivity? And you kind of hinted at this already. Um, that I, in my experience, there is definitely um, a, a, a certain level when your productivity starts declining. So that is definitely something to always keep in mind and measure for yourself as well. So you can kind of answer that. When, like when, when somebody asks you, how do you work or, you know, how do you work best? You should have an answer, like, you know, roughly saying, okay, well, I work best if I do, for example, four or five hours of work a day, or when I sleep eight hours a day, whatever, right? Like, you should kind of have a good idea of how you operate yourself. Yeah, it was something that's, like, absolutely blew my mind. So, I I actually read a book called uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport, and he referenced a a bunch of psychological studies saying that we could only work at our top cognitive capacity for four hours a day, four hours. And I like to think, oh yeah, you know, that, that actually made me take a step back. I was thinking, I was like, I was working around 13 hours a day ish, you know, 
And I took a step back and I was like, you know what? How many of those hours am I working as hard as I can, as hard as possible? And I realized it wasn't nearly as much as I thought I could because, you know, I just hit that sort of like cognitive break, you know? Yeah, yeah, that that that's a, a great example. I like that as well. And one of the things that I also always want to stress when it comes to uh, research is that most of these cases are averages. So uh, that's always good to keep in mind. So I, I would never use that as a limitation, right? So one thing to keep in mind is that a person who would listen to this podcast uh, or, you know, a person who starts a podcast or blog or a business, et cetera, is not an average person, right? Like you're slightly more productive and more focused and more ambitious than the average. So that also means that your upper limit of being productive could be higher as well. We don't know, right? So that's why I'm always a proponent of measuring yourself. So my one of my biggest inspirations was Peter Drucker. And uh, he was a famous management consultant who was often you know, quoted in uh, Harvard Business Review. And he had a very long career. And he always talked about managing yourself and just getting to know yourself a little bit better terms of how you work, how you learn, all of these things. And once you have a good understanding of that, you can start, you know, maximizing your full potential because I think that's what it's all about. I completely agree. It was something that um it really, you know, it kinda it kinda messes with me because it's like, yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm I do a lot of work on habits too. Not as much productivity, but more of just like, you know, uh, bad habits, you know, like overeating, smoking, things like that. And I found, you know, like the national stat for the amount of obese people in America and the actual answer is 71.6% of Americans are overweight. And it's like, does that mean I have a 71.6 chance of being overweight, you know? And, you know, after <laughs> thinking about that, like the answer is obviously no, right? Like we are, obviously you can be above average. It's not like a, it's not like a chance yeah. game. It's like there are, you know, you can look at the people who are in the top 10% of the people who eat the healthiest and then try to emulate them instead of just doing all the things that the 76% actually end up doing. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, a, that's a really good example of, of this uh, type of thinking. And uh, what I find most often is that people either compare themselves to, you know, the 1% of the 1%, the, the Kobe Bryants and the Elon Musk, uh, Musks of the world, or they compare themselves to the average, right? And um, that just gives you a very bad view of, you know, you know, personal achievement and achieving your potential. Because to me, you're really successful if you, you know, work towards achieving your full potential, right? So, like, most of us won't be able to play in the NBA. And that's totally fine because you can do different things that you're good at. Um, and that, that, that's all about figuring out what you have, uh, like a natural uh, tendency for, like some, some of your talents, what, you know, what are you already good at, figuring those things out, and then working really hard on those things to, to just improve and keep moving forward. Because, you know, like I've had friends as well who were, you know, who, who did well in college, but never pursued uh, you know, a, a, a career that helped them to, you know, progress as a, as a human being, as a, as a professional, et cetera, et cetera. 
And now those guys, most of them are really stuck, you know, at dead-end jobs and not really satisfied with uh, where their life is going. So you could easily avoid that by just thinking ahead, right? Just thinking ahead, okay, look, what kind of direction do I want to go in? Obviously, no one knows, knows the exact answer. But as long as you have a kind of direction of, you know, what kind, where do I want to go? You know, where, like, where do I see myself just roughly going? I think there was one point that you really hit on that you touched on in the beginning of this podcast. It's like you are most productive when you're doing something that you actually like to do. You know, when you feel like you're growing, when you feel like you're being challenged. And that's one thing that I find that really um, hurts people like today in school or in work, you know, 85% of Americans are disengaged in their jobs. Like, how are you supposed to grow? How are you supposed to reach your full potential if you're completely disengaged? You know. Mm, yeah, definitely. That's that's uh, that's a big problem. If you're not engaged, I just feel like um, you know it's a dead end. You know, uh, that's how I felt as well. Because you know, as I was talking about when I started my blog, etc., uh, around that time, um, I just the reason that I started looking for something different was that I also wasn't truly engaged, and I feel that you are doing yourself a disservice and you know the, the people that you work with a disservice as well if you keep on going but it takes some guts and some some courage to make a decision but here's the thing the earlier you start with making difficult decisions the easier it is right like we all know how difficult things get if we put them off right um so you just have to find a way to you know, kind of trick yourself or force yourself or whatever, like do something that helps you to decide things early on. <laughs> and, you know, it's okay because, you know, uh, you know, when's the best day, but best time to make a decision? Probably yesterday, but the second best is today. I like that. I like that. There's also a quote that was in Shawshank Redemption that I really loved. It was, uh, get busy living or get busy dying. And I think, yeah. I think that's a powerful quote because, you know, I find that there's no static way of going in life. You're never mm -hmm. just going on a flat line. You're either growing or you're slowly decaying, right? You're slowly losing your personality. You're slowly losing your, your ability to grow. And one thing that I think, um, I think you might agree with me on this. I find that most people get stuck. You know, you said there's the people who go for the 1% or the top 1.1% or there's the people who stay in the average and, you know, like to kind of move with the average. And I find that most people get stuck in the average. They never even develop the mindset of I'm going to be better than everyone else. I'm going to strive to be the top. You know, they, they just kind of, they kind of move with the flow. They kind of, you know, they never, they never break out of that. So what do you think is the best way for somebody to actually break out and finally make that like mindset switch of like, all right, I'm going to start going towards that top 1%. Yeah. Yeah. This is a very important topic, especially you know, early on in your career, because, you know, like we talked about, the earlier you can make these decisions, the better. So, well, there's actually there are a couple of things that <laughs> we can touch on, but... Um, I'd love to hear them, yeah. Yeah, so um, if you want to pursue something that, you know, makes you happy on all levels, right? Like, like you said, you can't be average. 
because right? otherwise if you do what average people do you get an average life and if that's okay you know that's fine that's a whole different story because i also know <laughs> one guy who's like yeah i just like being average and that's okay you know um but if you're more if you're ambitious you have you have to understand that it requires a lot of work but here's the thing you should never make things more difficult for yourself than they already are right a lot of us put ourselves into positions and situations and in careers that are not suited for us so for example maybe you're very ambitious and you know you kind of feel maybe everyone's in your family is a lawyer and you feel like you need to pursue the same career path and everybody's talking about it and that they're not pressuring you they're not telling you what to do but you kind of feel like this this uh you know this um obligation maybe. yeah exactly yeah that's 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 it this obligation and also some form of subtle pressure on yourself like most most people put this on themselves to pursue that career path but along the way you learn that this is not a good match with your skills Right, you you have more creative thinking skills. You know you don't uh, enjoy putting in long hours of reading documents, and you're not. And bottom line, you're not passionate about law, right? For example, <clears throat> some people just keep on going, and they say, "Well, I can do it, so I will do it," just because you can. But that's not always the right decision, you know. Um, it's better to focus on something and like now I'm starting to sound like a broken record, but it's the truth, you know, start focusing on something that you are good at, good at, because if you do that, you put yourself in a position to succeed. Right. And, and, and that's in my opinion, what it's all about, because you know, you don't want, if you don't want to be average, you want to succeed. That's great. You can, but you have to put yourself in a position to succeed as well. And then, it's all about putting in the work, getting some small results, and then start. Then you'll start to feel more confident about yourself. Now, if, if you ask this question to like 10 people, they'll probably give you like, you know, a wide range of answers. And some people will say, well, you should ha start with confidence first. I'm not a fan of that method at all of, you know, fake it till you make it. It has worked for many people, but for the majority of us, it will not work. And particularly for the people who are uh, very conscientious and they, they're like, they have this, you know, moral compass. They feel like, you know, why should I fake it? Like, I just can't do it. And that's fine. Um, I'm like that as well. Like, I never liked that uh, method and, and, and the way to look at the world. So what I did was I just, you know, worked on myself, learned and you know, got some results. And then as, as long as you have some results, you start feeling more confident about yourself, that will propel you forward. And it's just a positive cycle, you know, that, that I found um, that that was, that was so incredible for me in so many ways. There's actually, it, it's sort of a philosophy. It's like, all right, if you have, um, it's tiny habits, right. And, um, you build up these tiny habits and you eventually start to gain confidence in yourself. I found that, um, that worked very well for me with working out because I found, you know, let's say, let's say you're, you know, kind of in a rut. Let's say you're, you, you don't eat healthy, you know, you don't work hard, like all those things. Let's, and it's the night before 
and you say, all right, tomorrow I am going to work out for two straight hours. I'm going to work for 12 hours a day. And then, you know, I'm going to have a good night's sleep. Great plan, but it's almost impossible to pull off. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's almost, almost impossible just because of the fact that, you know, our brains aren't wired for that. You've essentially wired your brain to put yourself in a rut and you have to dig yourself out of it. So what I found was, you know, I've done multiple, that, that happened to me multiple times, but I found that the best way to get myself out of it was to do the one simple thing, you know, like you're talking about, you know, instead of what I used to think was the best method of working out is get all this energy, start going to the gym, drive five minutes to the gym, work out at the gym for an hour, and then drive five minutes back, then take a shower, that ends up taking about an hour and 30 minutes, right? What I did instead was every morning I woke up, I did 10 push-ups and uh, did five pull-ups and that was it, right? And I, my goal, instead of getting the output, I went for consistency. All I cared about was consistency. And I find that that method is so much better because then you're essentially wiring your brain to be more productive and to be a little bit better and then to be a little bit better and then you can build off that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great method. Uh, that's the long-term approach because what you're doing there is just obviously you're conditioning your mind, but also your body. And um, you're, you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, I'd rather be, um, you know, fit for the rest of my life instead of a few years, because we all know, you know, these folks who go to the gym for six months or a year and they, you know, get pumped up and, you know, they, and after that they stop. <laughs> and then they gain weight, you know, so you don't want to do that. So it, it's better to think ahead as well, because the, the strategy, strategy that you're mentioning um, helps you to be more consistent over the long term. And, and that makes it sustainable. So that's really important. Everything that you do, you want to do something that's sustainable. So when it came to, you know, the career decision that I made, um, you know, I looked at those options, right, that I talked about, the drop shipping, affiliate marketing, and just, you know, a bunch of other stuff. And I was like, I don't find that sustainable for me because I, I just need some mental stimulation as well. You know, like I need to uh, solve complex problems and I like reading, you know, a lot of books and thinking about them and trying to make everything simple. And obviously that's why, you know, I write. Um, so I get bored with those type of repetitive tasks and okay, great. You're making some money, but everybody will get used to the amount of money that they make. And, you know, everybody talks about this, but it's really true. Unfortunately, everybody wants to find out for themselves. Yeah, no, it's true. And you're just like you said, it's a very short term way of thinking, you know, I'm going to make money a little bit now, but I'm essentially going to start dying on the inside, I'm going to lose my productivity. So what you're essentially describing, which I find super interesting, is you're describing stoicism, stoicism, right? And I know you're a very big stoic, you believe a lot in stoicism. So I'd love to hear you describe what is stoicism? And how did it really affect your life? Yeah, well, the, the strategy that I'm describing is not necessarily stoicism, but um, there are certain aspects that you can find in stoicism, definitely. Um, you know, for people who are not familiar with it, it's obviously, you know, one of the most popular philosophies in recent years. It's made a huge comeback. Um, and it's basically the idea that you should only focus on what's inside of your control. 
And what is inside of your control are basically your own actions and thoughts and judgments. Everything outside of it is not within your control. So what people think, what they do, uh, what happens in the economy and politics, et cetera, et cetera, is outside of your control. And you should not worry about it, should not think about it, and should not uh, let it um, you know, destroy your mood. Now, on a day-to-day basis, this can help you a lot because most of us worry about things that we don't control. You know, um, for example, well, what will happen to the economy when I graduate? Well, you don't know. So why are you worrying about that? Instead, you could have uh, read a book, you know, with all of that time, just worrying about stuff you don't control uh, and working on yourself. So that's, that's a really important philosophy for the people who want to have more, you know, peace of mind. One thing to keep in mind is that the, the standard philosophy of the world is uh, what they call the Hellenistic uh, school of philosophy, which is, you know, uh, hedonism, um, basically uh, chasing your pleasures and looking at the short term, right? So Stoicism and, you know, more an- ancient Eastern philosophies as well, you know, Buddhism, Zen Buddhism, uh, mindfulness, etc., cetera, um, are all more focused on the self and removing external pleasures etc from your life so So when you start to adopt something like um like stoicism how it actually like help your life and your productivity and essentially everything around your life yeah so it uh you know it has helped me to focus on what's important right so it helps you to not waste time and and that is really important and everybody knows that you can't get back your time uh, unfortunately, not everyone uh, acts that way. You know, at least you know I've uh, most of my time as well. So I, I started getting into this stuff around the same time that I started my blog. But before that, I would just you know squander my time as if I had uh, unlimited amounts of it, and just you know watch all, like all kinds of movies and TV shows and go out twice a week and etc. But and that's fine. Um, Everybody wants to have fun as well. Uh, but at the same time, you also want to work on yourself and uh, just, you know, stop worrying as well about, like, even if you just remove the whole worrying and thinking about things that you don't control, if you just do that, you'll have a lot more time to uh, work on yourself. And still, you could, you know, entertain yourself as well, which is obviously also important. Uh, like the Stoics didn't really, you know, talk about how, well, they actually did <laughs> talk about uh, just having a very simple life. But I'm personally, I feel like you could go too extreme with that as well, because if you just make it um, like a, like a, I don't know, some kind of uh, physical training camp or whatever, like, are you going to the army or whatever? It's like people stop you know, enjoying their, themselves. So I think that's still important, but you just have to kind of find a balance, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, part of it is, I think the, I think the hardest part for almost all of this is being able to essentially re, like rewire your brain, being able to move from the hedonistic pleasures of, you know, um, whatever sort of comes to me to something like a, 
focusing on yourself or, you know, stop focusing on the pleasure so much. So what did you find in your life was the best way to be able to, you know, really do it, right? Like, were you, was it more of just like buckle down, use willpower or was, was it more of just like, all right, I need to work with, my, with myself. I need to use some sort of strategy. Yeah, well, so the reason that I also mentioned the Eastern philosophy is that I kind of found a balance between, uh, you know, the Western philosophy and, and Eastern philosophy. Um, both of those philosophies want you to ch achieve the same goal, which is to have more tranquility in your life, right? Just to have a good life. Now, the vehicle of getting there is different for both of, you know, Eastern and Western philosophy. The Western philosophers always focused on reasoning yourself to play or to tranquility. So basically, if you experience something that makes you anxious, you should talk to yourself or in your journal, etc., to you know remind yourself that this is something that's outside of my control. So you stop thinking about it or stop wasting your time on it. Eastern philosophy says, no, you shouldn't reason at all because even that is a waste of time. You should simply observe yourself and be in the present moment because if you are in the present moment, you do not have any thoughts. Or you do have, you have thoughts, but you can allow or you can decide to not follow follow up with those thoughts or like follow through, should I say. So um, if you kind of find a balance or like pick, again, this is stuff with the, you know, 80 hours, uh, 40 hours, whatever, find something that works for you. Um, I, I'm not a big meditator myself. I've tried it. Um, but, you know, doing it for, I, I kind of meditated for, I know, a year or so, you know, quite regularly. And at some point, I was more comfortable with just being aware of everything, just having awareness and not, you know, getting too, uh, too focused on my thoughts and just basically tuning them out uh, whenever I wanted. Um, and, and combine that with the reasoning by journaling and talking about it, writing about, you know, the stuff that you don't control. Um, I found a really good balance uh, of just being aware, not following through your thoughts, uh, and then also just journaling and, and reminding yourself of the, these philosophical strategies and ideas. And, and I finally also reading, re like I always read a philosophy book, you know, and I like either reread some of my favorite books or I just come up with new stuff. For example, you know, I'm, I'm recently uh, started with reading Arthur Schopenhauer, um, who also has some really good stuff. Who, he was actually a pessimist, but you can find a lot of good things in there as well that help you just to stay grounded, you know? There was actually a, um, going on the topic of reading, there was a philosopher, I'm not sure who it was, but he talked about how people don't read anymore, which is obviously true. People don't really read anymore. But he said the reason why we don't read anymore is because we haven't been able to quiet our mind because there are so many distractions because we're focused on so many pleasures, you know, like think about how often, especially now that we have our phones, think about how we're, 
how much time we have not distracting ourselves, having ourselves completely grounded in our own thoughts. And the only time I could really think about that is the time before we go to sleep because we have to. You know, everything else is we're surrounded by pleasure. You know, there's really nothing that we can do to really escape this pleasure. And he said that when we try to read, that we literally can't, you know, stop ourselves. We really can't, you know, quiet our minds, be able to just absorb the thoughts. So do you find that that might be the reason why? Obviously, reading is important. Do you think that people don't read because of that or there are other reasons? Well, yeah, obviously it plays a role in that as well. And um, the thing about human thought is that our, our natural state of mind is that we are lost in thought. Right? We just con- constantly uh, we identify ourselves with our thoughts while you know, one of the key strategies of you know, Eastern philosophy is to observe your thoughts and understand that you are not necessarily your thoughts because sometimes you say some weird or you, you at least you hear some weird stuff like, oh, you know, why did I do this? Oh, you're such an idiot or whatever, right? Like everybody has this, this negative self-talk. Um, obviously, that just distracts you from what is important in life because, you know, I, I've talked to certain people as well and I'm, I'm like, hey, you know, what's your experience with reading? And they say, well, as soon as I start reading, I just, you know, start thinking about other things. So that could definitely be related. Uh, but in my experience, the, the most important reason why most people don't read is that they don't have a reason to read, right? So I'm personally also not a reader for entertainment. I've, I've read a lot of fiction, you know, when I was in college and, you know, uh, in, in my teens, etc. And, um, you know, I read all of the classics and that was nice. But at some point I was like, yeah, I don't know, just for entertainment, I'd rather watch a movie. You know, I like that better. So when I finished college, I actually stopped reading, uh, like obviously, you know, nonfiction books as well, because I didn't have a clear reason. There was, there was nothing that I was working on, you know, very focused in my I wasn't really focused. So as soon as I had a very clear goal, I was like, okay, I want to start a blog or I want to, you know, build an online business. I want to start teaching. I want to do this. I want to do that. Now you start thinking, okay, how can I educate myself? And then it was very easy for me to read two books a week. And in fact, I have an article uh, that's uh, titled How to Read 100 Books a Year. And in that article, I lay out my process for reading. And the thing that I mentioned as well, you have to have a purpose, right? If you don't know why you're reading, I can guarantee you probably won't do it, right? Wow. So that, that's really important. So you, so you could... Um... When you, when you say you read a hundred a hundred books a year, is that through yeah. speed reading methods or do you just? Oh no, you know? not at all. It's just uh, two books a week. Um, so, like basically, if you read for two hours a day, and most books, you you can finish within like, you know, two and a half days or so. That amounts to um, you know, uh, four and a half hours, maybe like let's say you take three days, six hours, you'll be able to finish a, you know, 250 page book, uh, more even close to 300 as well. Now, 
most of the books that are around, you know, in, not, in a nonfiction space, whether they're self-help or business or philosophy, mindfulness, productivity, are within that category of, you know, 180 to, you know, 280 or something towards 300 pages. There are certain books that are like 500 pages. That's fine as well. So if you still, you know, if you do two, two books a week, consistently that amounts to more than a hundred books, right? Because of the 52 years. But even if you take one or two weeks off, or if you read one book, one very big book in a week, you can still do it by just reading two hours, just at a normal speed. Uh, but two hours, if you, if you don't read at all, it's quite a lot in the beginning to get used to, right? Because most of us, we, we're used to re- watching a movie for two hours. Well, like not a movie, but just like back-to-back TV shows, right? Episodes. It's there. That's fine, right? Like time just goes by. <laughs> and all of a sudden you've watched three episodes. Um, you just have to have a little bit different mindset, right? So in the morning, maybe read 30 minutes. In the afternoon, read 30 minutes again. Uh, before dinner again. And then do some more in the evening, right? So if you break it up throughout the day, uh, for most of us, it's a lot easier. I personally enjoyed breaking it up in two sessions. Um, so reading an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening. That's what I uh, enjoyed best. And now I'm reading one book a week because when I started, I was like, okay, I need to read as much as I can. So that's how I came up with, you know, reading two books a week. And that was kind of, you know, the, the limit of learning um, and, and, and understanding and still making some notes here and there and highlighting, et cetera, uh, and reading the full book, not like uh, these, you know, speed readers or like reading a book a day. <laughs> I don't believe in that kind of stuff. But um, so that's how I came up with it. And like if you do this for a year, you'll have so much more knowledge compared to the average person. And this is kind of the Kobe Bryant strategy um, not necessarily in terms of total hours you put in per week, but just thinking and working smart, right? So you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, the average person or like maybe most of my peers, maybe read one or two books a year. How can I read more books? Now, all of a sudden, not think to yourself, well, how can I read t- twice as many books, but maybe like 10x that, right? So just be more ambitious with certain goals, obviously not everything. Like if you want to work yourself to death, just, you know, work a hundred hours a week. (laughs) For most of us, that doesn't end well. Um, But for certain things, if you break them up and if you think smart about, um, about certain goals and, and this, this reading two books a week is one of those goals, you figure out, Hey, you, I can actually do this, you know? So what was your method of, you know, that's, that's a lot of books, like a hundred books. What was your method of actually retaining that information and making sure that, you know, like at any time you could, you know, reference any of those books? Yeah. So I have another book uh, or a book, uh, an article called uh, how to retain more of what you read. And in that article, I lay out my exact process and I actually recently recorded uh, like three episodes on my podcast with a guest uh, on retaining or on, on retention in general, uh, because that's actually a very good question. So it's not necessarily about 
quantity. It's also about how much you retain, right? So one of the key strategies that you can apply outside of highlighting and taking notes is to teach what you learn and do it instantly, right? So do it on the same day, particularly. So let's say you read something in the morning. As you go through, through your day and you meet up with friends or fellow students, co-workers, talk about what you've read in the morning. Now, for a lot of people, that this means you'll need to find different friends <laughs> because a lot of people are not interested. That's what you'll immediately notice. They'll, they'd rather talk about the football game or what happened on the news, whatever. That stuff is all like I feel. Yeah, I like basketball, but and I like I like to talk about it a little bit. But you know, at some point, I'm like, yeah, that's great. We're not the ones who are playing, so let's just stick to watching. Uh, and the endless discussion we could just leave for other people. But you have to find some people uh, to to talk about the stuff stuff that you're learning. And if you do that, you will be able to recall things better. And there's some research on this as well, right? So if you learn things with, with the idea in mind that you're going to teach it, it will stick a lot better than if you just read a book or study for exam, an exam even. If you think to yourself, I'm never going to use this, your brain just doesn't really record it, you know, that well. So like that, that's one, like my favorite tip uh, to, to share and also to apply. So uh, I, I would do that. Yeah, that was a very powerful lesson. And I think that goes back to what you were saying in the beginning. It's all about purpose, right? Like if you have any purpose to, to teach information, but also to, you know, start a career, do anything like that, it will, I guess there's some sort of mechanism in our brain. Like I can't even explain it, but you know, it, it allows us to push further, allows us to push harder and allows us to, you know, really pursue our potential. Yes. 100%. It's all about purpose and doing things with a purpose and also think, thinking uh, things through, because if you don't have a, a good answer to Hey, why are you doing something? Like, right? why are you pursuing this degree or, you know, these, you know, these classes? Why did you sign up for those classes? Whatever, right? Um, if you don't have a good answer, then, in my opinion, you're wasting your time. Because, well, my friend did it. It's not a good answer, right? <laughs> this is your life, and if you want to waste it, that's fine. But you know, in a few years or so, you should never be, be like, well, you know, I wasted my time. Well, obviously, that's all on yourself because I feel like, you know, we need to take personal responsibility. And the moment you do that, you start living totally in a different way. And you'll, you'll um, avoid a lot of pitfalls. And, um, uh, you know, in the long term, you'll have a, you know, a life that you'll be more comfortable with. It doesn't necessarily mean you'll be successful or, you know, that you'll achieve all your goals, but that's fine. It, it's, it's not about the outcomes. It's about the process. And if you're comfortable with the process, you know, you'll be okay. So you just released a book that's called, um, or you just published a book called What It Takes to Be Free. I'd love to hear uh, more about what, what that's about and also if it relates a lot to this topic of, you know, yeah. having a purpose and, you know, moving with, you know, actually like striving to do some sort of goal. 
Yeah, it, it relates a lot to the topic of personal responsibility as well. So everybody wants to have freedom because that is, you know, in life, that's the highest aim. So somebody might say, well, I want to have a lot of money. And if you ask, you know, a bunch of why questions, ultimately, you know, the bottom line is that that person wants to be free. So through thousands of years of philosophy, we've learned that freedom, personal freedom, is the highest aim in life. Now, how can you get there? It, it's not, not only about money, right? Uh, because there's also a lot of us who feel restricted in our personal lives. You know, we might have relationships or friendships that we feel that are kind of, you know, pressuring us to be a certain way. We can't be ourselves around certain friends, right? We feel that they might judge us, um, that kind of stuff. So the book uh, is about, you know, 80% or so about personal and emotional freedom and how you can achieve that and just being comfortable with yourself. And then it's also a little bit about financial freedom as well, but it, it's not a real personal finance book, so I didn't want to make it a lot about that. But I was like, hey, look, we have to talk about financial freedom as well because it's, it's important. Um, um, but it's relatively simple when it comes to financial freedom. But, you know, uh, it's all about just making the right decisions early on, you know, like we talked about. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So what do you think is the best way? I think, I think a lot of, um, like I read a lot of psychological philosophy, which is, you know, a little bit different. It's more of like Carl Jung. And what he talks about is, you know, what, like we're talking about very similar things. It's, um, you know, especially when you're around your friends, when you're around your family, when you do all these things, you put on a persona, you put on a mask and that's not the real you. That's not like the center, like the core of actually who you are. If you keep putting your different personalities in every different, you know, direction. So what do you find? I think, I think personally, one of the best ways of being free is to be yourself, right? To be mm -hmm. your true inner self, get rid of all yeah. these personas, get rid of all these masks. So what do you find is the best way to actually live your authentic self and to stop, you know, worrying about these other uh, directions? Yeah, to be yourself, you have to know yourself first. Right? And that's the biggest problem uh, that most of us face is we want to be free, we want to be ourselves, but we don't know who we are. And um, again, uh, this is, the earlier you start with this, the better. But the last thing that you want is that you are like, you know, middle age or, you know, in, at a later stage of your life and figuring out that for all of your life, you did what other people did or you did what people expect you to do. And again, then it's still not too late to change. But you always need to be uh, aware of who you are and what you want in life. So one thing that you could do right now to figure out who you are is just sit down and write down a list of values that you want to live your life by. So another misconception that people have is that they say, well, I can't really, when I sit down, I can't come up with values that I already have. That's fine. Just make some stuff up. Like who do you want to be? Right. And then do those things. And then eventually you, you will become that type of person. Right. So let's say you want to be, uh, and this is the most obvious answer of all time, um, but you, you kind of get the idea. So let's say you want to value honesty, 
When I say, let's say, okay, I want to be an honest person. All you have to do is just tell the truth every single day. And if you do that, you'll become an honest person, right? Like, and, and the same process, <laughs> you have to apply just for any value that you pick for yourself. Just, you know, keep executing those things, live by those concepts, and then you will become that. Most people think it's the other way around. They say, well, you know, I, I messed up in, in the past or, you know, like I, I'm, I'm not sure about this and that. That's totally fine. Just, you know, get rid of all of that, you know, baggage and leave that in the past. Start with a clean slate and decide who you want to be and then just be it. I think that's a, I think that's a perfect lesson. And I think, you know, it, it, really, it really gets into, you know, people don't really know who they are. And I think that scares me, right? Like that's, some, that's something that's incredibly scary. So uh, I, think, I think that's a great lesson to take from this. Um, like write down who you are. You know, if, if you're not determining who you are, then someone else will determine it for you or your actions will determine it for you. And yeah. I think that's a great lesson. I think that's probably a great place to end it. But I would love to hear uh, one final thing. I would love to recap this. So, you know, all the lessons that, you know, you think would be very valuable for people I'd love to hear you just sort of like spit them out and say, you know what, here's the things that you should take in this podcast. Yeah, so figure out who you are, uh, figure out what you're good at, and then start applying all of those things, start living by those things, start executing, get some results in your life, and be uh, proud of that as well, of what you've achieved, because a lot of people, you know, they they just uh, are never satisfied with themselves, and that's all another trap so when you do these things and then you start seeing some results say oh, okay I, I i'm good you know I, i'm doing the right things um and just be proud of what you've accomplished and then keep on pushing yourself to keep moving forward because you don't know where your limit is you just don't know right you just have to keep on pushing keep on moving forward and consistently and, and avoiding, you know, burnout. So just don't push yourself too hard. <laughs> but just like, and then you get into this, you know, positive cycle of, you know, daily improvements. And, and maybe it's not even daily, but it's long, like weekly improvements, right? Just, just move, uh, like go to bed. Uh, one of my favorite, um, you know, investors, Charlie Munger, the partner of uh, Warren Buffett, um, said, go to bed every night just a little bit stronger and a little bit wiser than you woke up this morning, right? If you do that every single day, you know, everything, you know, will turn out fine. I find that's incredibly valuable. All right, Darius, please let everybody know where they can find you on, you know, social media, Instagram, where you blog, your YouTube, and I will definitely put all the links down below. Yeah, sure, man. So uh, I spend most of my time on my website, Darius Farouk dot com and um i'm not a real fan of uh, or neither a user of social media i have those profiles but i like just basically share my articles so if you're on my newsletter uh then you'll uh you know get my new articles etc so uh, that's the best way to also connect uh, with me as well awesome awesome there is fruit thank you so much thanks 